This video is brought to you by Incogni. Today, Japan's birth rate hits a record low. Russia's nuclear plans are leaked, and Biden faces a protest vote in Michigan. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, the 28th of February, 2024. Our main story today, births in Japan have hit a record low, as the government warns the demographic crisis is reaching a critical state. New government data released today shows that the number of babies born in Japan last year fell for an eighth straight year, reaching a new low. Reports of Japan's record decline came around the same time neighbouring South Korea reported that its population had shrunk for the fourth straight year. But what does Japan's latest data show? Well, the number of births fell 5.1% from a year earlier to around 758,000, while the number of marriages slid 5.9% to just under 490,000, the first time in 90 years the number fell below 500,000. South Korea has the lowest birth rate in the world. In 2022, it was 0.78. Japan's is a bit higher, around 1.26. And now data shows that last year it even fell further to 0.72. That's a decline of nearly 8% and a rate well below the average of 2.1 children the country needs to maintain the current population of 51 million. Both countries have a high cost of living, which makes it harder for individuals or couples to afford raising children. As a result, South Korea's major political parties are pushing for new policies, such as more public housing and making it easier to take out loans. In fact, experts have argued that it's the cost of living as the main factor contributing to falling marriages. Many are also reluctant to marry or have families, as both countries have notoriously demanding work cultures, with long working hours and limited family-friendly policies. These stats forebode a further decline in the population, as out-of-wedlock births are rare in both countries, which have more traditionally conservative attitudes towards gender roles and family dynamics. In South Korea, the current conservative president, Yoon Suk-yeol, has made reversing the falling birth rate a national priority and in December promised to come up with extraordinary measures to tackle the situation. Similarly, officials in Japan see the next six years as Japan's final chance to reverse the trend. So the government will also take unprecedented steps to cope with declining birth rates, such as expanding childcare services and promoting wage hikes for younger workers. Whether these last-minute policy changes will have much effect is yet to be seen. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. This morning, classified documents have been leaked which show the conditions required for Russia to use a tactical nuclear weapon. The document cache contains 29 secret Russian military files from between 2008 and 2014, although experts have suggested that the documents remain relevant to the current Russian military doctrine. According to the documents, Russia would be prepared to use a tactical nuclear weapon in the event of an enemy incursion on Russian territory, or the destruction of 20% of Russia's strategic ballistic missile submarines. Other conditions for their use include to contain states from using aggression or escalating military conflicts, stopping aggression, preventing Russian forces from losing battles or territory, and making Russia's navy more effective. Now, it's worth noting that tactical nuclear weapons do differ from strategic nuclear weapons in that they're smaller. 
However, even tactical nuclear weapons released more energy than the weapons dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima in the Second World War. In one of these exercises in the documents, the Kremlin outlines a hypothetical attack from China. They propose using a tactical nuclear weapon in order to stop Chinese forces from advancing with a second wave of troops. It's worth pointing out here though that Putin said last June that he felt negatively about the use of tactical nuclear strikes and resisted calls from those on the right to lower the threshold for nuclear retaliation. US President Joe Biden unsurprisingly won the Democratic Party primary election in Michigan on Tuesday, but faces a significant protest vote by voters selecting uncommitted in a show of opposition to his stance on the war in Gaza. Specifically, the Listen to Michigan campaign in Michigan, backed largely by progressives, Arab Americans and young voters, was designed to pressure President Biden into backing a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. With virtually all the ballots counted, Biden received 81.1%, or around 618,000 votes. The uncommitted option, meanwhile, received 13.3%, amounting to just over 100,000 votes. For reference, in the last three Democratic primaries in Michigan, uncommitted received around 20,000 votes each time. Michigan is a key swing state, over which the Biden and Trump campaigns will fight hard. In 2020, Biden only beat Trump in the state by a little over 150,000 votes. So the fact that more than 100,000 Democratic voters felt compelled to lodge a protest vote in the primary election may well spook the Biden campaign. Meanwhile, in the state's Republican primary, former President Donald Trump won by a large margin, 68.2% to his rival Nikki Haley's 26.5%. Despite Trump's continued dominance over the primary, Nikki Haley is opting to stay in the race, calling it her duty to give Republican voters a real choice, and not a Soviet-style election with only one candidate. It's been suggested that Haley is staying in the race for two other reasons – Number one, to set herself up as a prime candidate in 2028, and two, in case any of Trump's many legal battles means he has to bow out of the race. Moving to tech news now, and Apple have, this week, announced that they're dropping their plans of creating a self-driving electric car. The Apple car was meant to be the next big thing for the company, and would have created a new rivalry with well-established electric car companies such as Tesla. However, it seems that executives have decided that resources are better spent elsewhere. For example, on Apple's mixed reality headsets and on new generative AI. The project, known as Project Titan, already incorporated a large amount of research into AI projects. This research will now be implemented into other Apple products, such as the iPhone and iPad. In fact, Apple is already planning on revealing new AI capabilities at its conference in June with many of the new features planned for iOS 18. Nonetheless, this will come as unwelcome news to those that worked on Project Titan for more than a decade. Apple told employees on Tuesday that it was winding down the Apple Car project in a 15-minute call with the roughly 2,000-member team. Finally, in some positive news, a high court in Bangladesh has prohibited the adoption of Asian elephants from the wild, a move hailed by activists, as it would stop the torture of captive elephants. The decision comes in response to critical endangerment of the species in the country due to poaching and habitat loss. The court has suspended all licenses for captive rearing of elephants, which were previously issued to logging and circus groups. Several other countries in Asia, such as Thailand and Nepal, have been successful in rehabilitating captive elephants. 
Now, Bangladesh animal rights activists hope to do the same. Clearly, the current state of the world is plagued by uncertainty and risk. And while you've been watching this video, your personal information might have been sold or published online without you even knowing it. Even whilst recording videos, we're interrupted by robocalls. And if you're wondering why you also might be getting random numbers calling your phone, well, the answer is the malevolent workings of shady forces called data brokers. These data brokers can collect and sell your personal information to anyone, from a company to an online criminal. This data can include your name and aliases, social security number, login credentials, home address, location, history, online activity, and much more. But even if you're not fussed about a call here and there, one day it could be a little call, but the next a huge loan could be taken out under your name. So if you want to protect your data, Incogni is here to help. Incogni reaches out to data brokers on your behalf, requests your personal data removal, and deals with any objections from their side. Since many data brokers continue collecting your personal information even after they've removed it, Incogni also takes care that your data stays off the market by conducting repeated removal requests. So create an account with our link in the description, grant Incogni the ability to work on your behalf and sit back as they make you safer. Plus, by using our link, you'll get an exclusive 60% off an annual Incogni plan. Thanks for checking it out, and thanks to Incogni for supporting this video.